Since the moment Ethan Field, the chair of the search committee, gave me the great news of your vote, saying, si se puede, si se puede. Yes, we can. My heart has been overflowing with gratitude, excitement, and great expectation. Being here in Cambridge, I feel my mind expanding as I inhale the air pregnant with science, music, poetry, and history. It is so invigorating to mingle with young adults everywhere, on bicycles, on food, going to their sanctuaries of higher learning. Greeting the congregants every Sunday as they enter the meeting house, streaming in all from all directions, expands my heart and invigorates my spirit. Having been called to serve this congregation, this congregation of my dreams is just beyond words. Knowing that we are a match as close to perfect as one can get is pure glory. We all owe thanks to a big thank to a great thanks to, you, to the Unitarian Universalist Association, to its transition office, and especially to its diversity of ministry initiative. The fact that I am here is also a testament to the hard work of both your search committee and the leaders of this congregation. An important step in first parish preparation to call a minister of color was a congregational survey conducted on October 2009. This survey aimed at learning the congregants' image of what the new minister should be. Reading the assortment of profound and interesting answers was the first indication that I could be your minister. Thus, someone said, a model of ethical life would be a useful reference, but I'd be more comfortable if our second minister were human. <laughs> and someone else, be human, not a saint. See what I mean? Here I am, your very own human. <laughs> someone so totally comfortable with Reverend Small asked, can we just clone Fred? Well, sorry, the, cl the cloning didn't take. <laughs> However, for my total delight, although not exactly clones, Fred and I have almost exactly the same theologies. We see ministry not as a job, but as an awesome calling. We both are committed to spiritual practices that help us work for social justice from our own spiritual course and we both love you and feel honored being your ministers. The following answer sums up for me one of the, on the one hand, the longing for doing the right things regarding multi and for the other, the fear of not being politically correct. Someone said, I hope for a minister of color who will guide us with intelligence and compassion and this person wrote in big letters and in negritas, into becoming a multiracial, multiracial church. I don't expect him or her to do the work for us, but we have no experience here, 
We say and do the wrong things, often within relationship of people of color. And in parentheses, I had people of color at our church tell me this, and I include myself here. There are many people facing the dilemma of wanting to be in right relationship with people of color and feeling inadequate to even begin to attempt to try it. I said to the person I just quoted, and to all of us, think what is worse, to risk making an honest mistake or to hide in fear, appearing cold and indifferent. What is more transforming, to learn by fire how to conquer your fear or your, or your distaste in approaching the other or sabotage yourself, becoming an obstacle to your best intentions and those of the congregation? Do you really think that we people of color would prefer to be ignored and be treated as an object of fear rather than to be approached, even if it is in a somewhat clumsy way? I cannot deny it, that there are some of us who are, who are sensitive and get easily threatened and offended. And this goes for all colors. The question is, do you really want to be in right relation, forming part of a beloved congregation that is aiming at breaking all barriers between people? If a yes jumps out from your heart, then my beloved congregant, Hold on to all that is sacred to you for dear life, because this work of transforming ourselves and our congregations is really not for the faint of heart. We cannot be sissies when wanting to fulfill the dream of beloved community. If you get offended easily, or if you are prone to let the grip of fear immobilize you, then please toughen up for love and compassion's sake. There are some people of color who are tired of good intentions and that do not see the other, the white in particular, making an honest effort to learn. To them I say, think of the grand goal. Even if you are tired of teaching others how you would like to be included, keep on teaching. Make your life a living example of what you desire. Sooner than later, if all of us do our part, we will be masters of politically, political correctness. Oh, how I dislike this language, political correctness. We are a religious and a spiritual body, not a secular political one. Therefore, I invite all of us to be ourselves, to approach the other, the stranger, the scary, with courage emanating from our spiritual core. From my heart, I invite you to approach the other with compassion, without guilt or fear. Let us always meet the other with the courage, the integrity, and the respect with which we so abundantly imbue our intentions and offer our actions. In this congregation, and I love this, we proclaim that our spiritual core is love in capital letters. Love is our spiritual core. This could help us even if, we are, even if we are the ultimate introvert or a prejudiced person 
who feels challenged by the preceding invitations. In the short term, I have been serving this congregation. I have had the privilege of encountering many loving, concerned, caring, honest, and committed persons who strive for what is good and whole. In another congregational survey, done in 2007, in the session on likes and dislikes in worship, one person answered, we are not keen on dancing or other movement, but it is okay if it's important to others. Really, what compassion and true sense of beloved community. Just imagine if we all were that generous and if we were the courageous, willing, if we were that courageous, willing to try something alien to our culture just because it benefits others. Okay, if it's important to others. Are we be willing to dance, to move, if it's important to others? Beautiful, beautiful. Dancing. I was born dancing and moving, and to this day, I dance and move. And you had seen me waving around, and one of these days I will dance. <laughs> Music and movement is in the DNA of Latinos. Eduardo Galeano, an Uruguayan writer, affirmed this when he wrote, the church says my body is a sin. The mass media says my body is a business. My body says, I am a fiesta. <laughs> I can see some of you cringing at the, mere, at the mere mention of dancing anywhere, much less here in this sacred space. And yet, I, know, I already know that there are many others of you who are just waiting for the first opportunity to move and worship in body, mind, and spirit. And this is not surprising, since dancing was essential in the liturgy and rites of celebration of many religions. However, all that joy disappeared with the dominance of Puritan sex that kept telling the people that their bodies were sins. Please, please, reassure me that there are not many of those Puritans here and that our bodies are considered more fiestas than sin. As a minister who has been teaching meditation for more than 15 years, I was elated learning that 52%, 52%, that's majority, right? Of the respondents in the 2007 survey came to worship services for personal reflection and meditation. Another third said that they came looking for an uplifting emotional experience, while another, perhaps more daring 17%, answered that they came for mystical spiritual experience. Mystical spiritual experience. The answers above, meeting our senior minister, listening to many excellent leaders and other committed people of this congregation, during candidating week, convince me that I should accept your call. Now is my time to exercise the fullness of that call by being side by side with you. 
I invite you to come and sing with me. I invite you to share your joys and successes, to celebrate the fulfillment of your dreams, the reaching of your goals. It does not matter how small or ordinary those accomplishments might appear to you. The important thing is to remember to celebrate, to share your good fortunes with someone who cares. I invite you to walk in rain with me. I want to accompany you when the sun might appear to have gone out of your souls and the rain of despair may be dampening your spirits. Oh yes, during those terrifying dark nights of the soul, you can invite me to walk with you, to listen to you if you feel inclined to do so. I invite you to dream a dream with me because I am here ready to share for you as you let your imagination soar. Many times we don't allow ourselves certain dreams because we feel that, that, they are more dis, that there are other more deserving dreamers. At those times, I could be with you, holding you as your dreams enter the realm of the seemingly impossible. What is it that qualifies me to invite you to sing, to walk in rain, and to dream with me? What is it that leads me to ask for your trust in opening your minds and hearts to me? To all those courses I took in seminary, or the countless workshops, conferences, and trainings I had given and attended qualify me? Surely, all of those have helped me to gather the credentials to be here today. However, the passport to your souls and minds cannot be other than my openness and willingness to share my life experiences with you, even at the risk of becoming vulnerable. The passport has to bear the stamp of my readiness to open to your ideas, to be attentive to your needs and supportive, supportive of your concerns. I know that the meaning and validation of my ministry increases when I am able to support congregants in creating spaces where they can nurture their spirits, heal all recent wounds, all or recent wounds, and grow into harmony with the awesome mystery surrounding us. I understand that the essence of ministry is accompanying people as they tap into the deepest reaches of their internal wellspring. Good ministry to me is about helping others to follow their internal compass, that truest of all spiritual tools, always pointing to the direct experience of that transcending mystery. Having been ministered, having been ministered to in very difficult times, I experience ministry as a heart that shelters a hand that guides and supports, a voice that soothes and promotes individual and collective healing. I experience ministry also <clears throat> as a mind connected to a heart that after having striven to make sense of this amazing and bewildering world, challenge others to do the same. Fernando Bolero, the Colombian painter, famous for his round forms and his ample volumes in paintings and sculptures, 
death. When you start a painting, it is someone outside of you. <clears throat> At the conclusion, you seem to move inside the painting, just like ministry. At the beginning, it is someone outside of you, while you learn to interact with the people you minister to, while you practice finding your theological voice, and while you learn to surrender in the service of others. As the vision and passion possesses you, you move inside the painting, you inhabit ministry. And that is an awesome grace. This is as true of professional ministry as it is, at, as it is of lay ministry. And aren't all we Unitarian Universalists called to be ministers? This is our day of hope, of dreams, and celebration. This afternoon in this sanctuary, you will joyfully and gratefully join our visions and, and aspirations. With my installation as your associate minister, we will enter into a most sacred covenant. We will covenant to honor the work of our spiritual ancestors who had given First Parish such a strong foundation in the work for social justice. We will covenant to support our senior minister, the Reverend Fred Small, who has inspired this congregation to make the commitment to be part of the UUA Diversity of Ministry Initiative. We will covenant to become intimately involved in becoming a multicultural and multi-ethnic social justice-making congregation. To help us keep this covenant, I come with excellent experience and credentials. Just read my bitte, meet my family this afternoon, and talk to my new husband, Sam. And thanks for allowing me to brag a little. When you see my family, you will see all colors, all sizes, all sexual orientations. It's a rainbow family and a multicultural family. And I'm very proud of them and love them immensely. We will covenant to join Reverend Small, the Standing Committee, and the Transformation Team in their commitment to make sure we all get informed and educated on how to create and inhabit beloved community. If we all accept and do what is important to fulfill this covenant, soon, without noticing, you will see, we will have become masters at attending the call of love. One day, we can look at each other in this sanctuary and in the parlor and everywhere in this beautiful building and be in awe of the amazing tapestry we will have created. We will realize then that we have interwoven all kinds of theologies, cultures, ethnicities, languages, disabilities, sexual orientations with our own. That day, we will have fulfilled our cherished dream and our seal, our denomination, and all our families and friends will be truly proud of us. That day, we will have shown the cynics and the naysayers that si se puede. Today, together, we begin with renewed resolve, a historical journey, walking on the most sacred path, human dreams. Guided by our vision, we will pay heed to the commanding voice 
brought forth from the intimate chambers of our beings? We answer yes to that voice calling us to heal the world with our care and love. Blessed be and amen. <laughs>